1: Hello, Sophonauts. Hello, followers of far-fetched fables. And hello, children of the night. My name's Seth, and, like you, I'm a listener at the District of Wonders. Today I wanted to tell you why I also became a patron. Every week I know I can come here to the district and find some of the best genre fiction available, for free. This community is valuable to me. I count on it, and I spend a lot of time here. And as a result, I wanted to give back. I wanted to make sure that these podcasts are going to be available today, tomorrow, and for years in the future. If you believe, like I do, in the District of Wonders, open your browser or your smartphone. Go to Patreon and give whatever you can. Remember, individually, we each give a little. But as a community, we give a lot. Thank you. Welcome to Far-Fetched Fables, part of the District of Wonders Network. Featuring Starship Sofa and Tales to Terrify, everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours.
2: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, This is Far-Fetched Fables. Welcome to show number 82. This week we bring you two very fun stories that play with some of the conventions of fantasy fiction. The first is a devilishly clever bit of flash fiction titled Enumerate, written by Lawrence Raphael Brothers. It first appeared at Daily Science Fiction. Lawrence has worked in R&D at such firms as Bell Communications Research and Google, His stories have appeared in the Sockdolliger and Daily Science Fiction. His first novel, a World War I-era fantasy story, is currently seeking representation. You can follow him via his Twitter handle, at LBrothers. The story is read by Nicole Doolin. Nicole is a writer and a voice actor. Her fiction, poetry and plays have been published and presented, and her voice has appeared in various media. She has performed numerous narrations for a number of popular and award-winning podcasts, and she also narrates classic literature by the likes of Austen, Poe, James, and more, in her own podcast, Audio Literature Odyssey. To learn more about Nicole, visit her website at nicoledoolan.com. So grab your calculators and your grimoire. It's time for a story.
3: The sorcerer stands in the center of a magic circle, a conservative gray business suit showing under his white ritual mantle, the traditional rod of blasting in his hand. I'm off to this side in the triangle of summoning. Come not in that form, I adjure thee, in the holy name of... Okay, so maybe the roiling nest of cobras was a bit over the top, but I hate this slow, grainy material world. These sorcerers think we've got nothing better to do than wait on them. Hold on, I say. How's this? Now I'm a rotating polyhedron, Kepler's stella octangula. I didn't mind it when Johannes summoned me. At least he knew his geometry and orbital mechanics. Not in that form either, says the sorcerer. I'd roll my eyes if I had them. Maybe if they tell me up front what form they wanted, I wouldn't have to go through this every time. I try again. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. Come not in that form, lest I scourge and blast thee. Blah, blah, blah. Too many eyes, I suppose. I run out an old standard. Now that's more like it, says the sorcerer. I'm wearing thigh-high leather boots and a corset, red skin grating to orange, D-cups, a snaky barbed tail. Kepler liked me this way, too, but we both knew it was a joke. Okay, I lie. I am bound by your power, master. What is your desire? Ha! As if. I adjure thee, he says, gesturing with the rod. Oh, great Duke Grimory, give me command of thy legions of spirits. Typical ignorant sorcerer doesn't know what he's dealing with, or who, apparently. Grimory? I ask. I'm not Grimory. Why did you think I was? This is your sigil. He picks up a tablet with a complicated engraving and flourishes it in my face. An unfamiliar sigil, not mine. But if he used the wrong sigil and summoned me anyway, then that's not it. I say you must have gotten me by accident. Which square did you use? The square of Grimoire, of course. He flips the tablet over. For pity's sake, it's not even a magic square. One of the cells is duplicated. There are two eights. How could anyone get that wrong? I shake my head. You know how all this works, right? The numbers in combination with the sigil? Well... Obviously not. Another idiot working by rote from a grimoire. I gesture casually to get close to the boundary of the triangle of summoning he's drawn around me. No effect. Naturally. It's meant to confine this grimoire person, not me. I could leave right now, but as long as I'm here anyway. Command me to explain it to you, I say. What? This is dangerous stuff you're playing with, and you're clueless. So come on, I'm volunteering to instruct you. Isn't that what you want? I even mean it, if he's smart enough to learn anyway. Oh, he says, I, uh, I command you to instruct me in the principles of the Goetia. Right, now I'm bound by your adjuration. And the fool steps out of his circle to erase my triangle. If I really was a demon, he'd be in little pieces by now. I materialize a slate and some chalk. Do you know field theory? No. Okay. Linear algebra. Surely you know linear algebra, right? Half an hour passes. We haven't even gotten to the detriment of a two-by-two matrix when he yawns. Enough, he says. This is ridiculous. I'm not interested in math. I want power. What can you do for me besides teach me useless stuff like this? I quite agree. Enough is enough. Okay, I say. Here's the deal. Your ritual is bogus. Whoever wrote your grimoire hid the truth in a bunch of magical nonsense. I'm not a demon or a spirit or whatever it is you think you've summoned. He boggles. But I normally exist in the symplectic manifold, a continuum outside of your funny little universe. I'm not a gross material creature like you. You might call me a being of pure mathematics. But if you use the right combination of sigil topology and eigenvectors from the magic square, you can summon and bind people like me to your disgusting quantized space-time. And we really hate that. I can feel myself getting stupider every second I'm here. He blinks. I'm pretty sure he doesn't understand one word in five. But why? Why did I waste all this time trying to teach you something you're too unintelligent to value? Because sometimes one of you wretched little atomic fleshworms somehow manifests enough intelligence to make conversation with you worth being summoned. Pythagoras, Hypatia, Kepler, Cantor, all of them smart and interesting, fun to talk to even. Not you, though. You might have summoned me by a lucky accident, but you sure didn't bind me. He steps back, raises his rod. By Tetragrammaton, by an affixaton and primumaton. I told him the ritual was bogus, but if that's what he wants, now I'm three meters tall, male, with a goat's head and long, curly horns. My body is just a visual illusion, so it takes some pretty fancy computation to come up with a set of force vectors to make it feel like I'm grabbing him and immobilizing his arms in a tight embrace. Extra effort to simulate hot breath in his face. His eyes roll up in his head and he collapses in a dead faint as I relax my imaginary grip on him. I'm already on my way back to a world that makes sense. When the sorcerer wakes up, he'll find his rod of blasting broken and all the magic squares in his grimoire replaced with Sudoku puzzles. Harsh, perhaps, but I hate wrong numbers.
2: One note from the author. Medieval grimoires often use geometric sigils and magic squares in their demon-summoning rituals, but by most accounts, demons aren't very mathematically inclined. So what kind of entities would you wind up summoning if maths really was the basis for goetic magic? This story flowed effortlessly from the original premise I wish they all came so easily. See, fablers, your teachers and parents were right. Mathematics is important. Our main story this week is The Damsel in the Garden by Pauline J. Alama. Once a medieval scholar, Pauline escaped the ivory tower to an enchanted land called New Jersey. Her novel, The Eye of Night, was a finalist for the Compton Crook Award. A full list of her publications is available via the link in the show notes. The story is read for us by Catherine Inskip. Catherine weighs galaxies for a living and builds worlds in her spare time, She is addicted to chocolate and Japanese logic puzzles. Now, sharpen your sword, polish your armour, and prepare for a slightly different sort of rescue mission.
4: The dragon was bad enough, but when I'd cut off the last of its heads, I still had the bridge before me. And that was worse than a herd of dragons. Over a burning river, the only footholds were hovering sword blades, spaced so far apart and so unevenly that a mountain goat could have lost its footing. To make it a bit more interesting, the fire below the bridge had an annoying habit of spurting up at intervals perfectly timed to set one's nerves off key. Crossing it would be like a caper with death. Luckily, I'd learned capering from the jonglers who sometimes stopped at my father's hall along the way to more illustrious castles. I fancied I might have a better chance on the Bridge of Blades and Flame than a knight whose chivalric training had been more regular. I considered leaving my armour and sword on the bank. They'd weigh me down as I leapt, and if I were really unlucky, they might get hot as branding irons.' "'but I dared not trust that the Bridge of Blades and Flame "'was the last layer of deviltry "'wound around the Garden of Delights. "'Whatever bloodthirsty strategist had placed the dragon "'on the bank of an icy torrent "'and the gulf of flame just beyond the dragon "'might set a hungry lion or an assassin "'on the other side of the bridge. "'I kept my armour on, "'muttering a quick prayer, "'God, guard fools!' I leapt to the first blade-thin foothold, just missing the first jet of flame. It was indeed a bit like dancing. Once I caught the rhythm of the fire's music, I could be almost safe on that ghastly bridge, leaping just in time to avoid each burst of flame. All the same, exhaustion was a formidable foe. By the time I reached the far side, I was in no state to fight off a lion, or even a particularly determined lapdog. dog I collapsed on the bank, dazed. When I opened my eyes, I found an elegant lady, offering me a hand up. I accepted her help with thanks, too startled to be distrustful just yet. She looked as young as I was, and a good deal richer. She wore no silken headdress over her shining black hair, but that hair was a wealth in itself, the intricate braids cascading from her broad forehead to the silver belt at her hips. Her gown of crimson silk brocade must have cost a fortune, and the bodice that offset it was so thickly flowered with embroidery that I couldn't tell what colour the cloth might be. And yet here she was, dressed fit to meet the King, lounging out in the garden where the dew might spoil her silk. How rich she must be to treat such finery so carelessly! I could scarcely imagine. This was my first journey far from Revy, and I had not yet seen much of the world. She smiled at me. And her teeth, of course, were perfect. "'Welcome, bold adventurer, to the Garden of Delights. "'You have passed the last test, the last peril, "'and arrived at the haven reserved for the bravest of the brave. "'You have swum the River of Pain, fought the many-headed dragon, "'and crossed the Bridge of Blades and Flame. "'All here is yours, O Flower of Knighthood, "'and all is for your delight.' "'for this is the garden of delights.' "'So I see,' I said. "'Someone told my brother Roland to come here "'seeking the water of life that heals all wounds.' "'Yes, here flows the spring of the water of life,' the lady said. "'You can fill your vial before you return home, victorious hero. "'But meanwhile, rest and refresh yourself in this fair land.' "'She laid a blossom-light hand on my shoulder. "'All here is for your pleasure, good sir.' The water of life, the shade of the bower, the fragrant apples, the sweet dark grapes, and me, the damsel of the garden of delights. I also await your pleasure. The damsel leaned against me. She was a head shorter than I, but something in her bearing convinced me she was nothing near as fragile a blossom as she appeared. Her deep blue eyes sought mine, foiled, of course, by the visor of my helm. I slid a hand around her waist, but kept myself masked. Playfully, she put a hand to my visor. "'Let me look upon the face of my hero, "'and plant a kiss of welcome on—' "'Oh!' the damsel cried as she unmasked me. "'You're a girl!' "'That I am, Jezebel,' I said, "'so you can stop pressing your brocaded bosom against me.' I clasped her to myself, an embrace she no longer desired. "'and glared into her too perfect face. "'Someone went to great expense to deck you out as bait. "'Virgin, Mary's eye-teeth, an army of women "'must have laboured over that embroidery. "'I live a retired life here with little to occupy my time "'besides my embroidery,' the damsel said. "'But you are not so constrained, good maid-at-arms. "'If the garden of delights does not please you, "'by all means fill your flask and go your way.' "'You're as anxious to be rid of me now "'as you were to detain me a moment ago,' I said. "'You wanted a man, "'and I doubt if it was for the obvious reason. "'This garden is built on strong magic, "'and here you are in the centre of it "'like a spider in her web. "'If you only wanted a lover, "'you needn't take nearly so much trouble. "'One glimpse of your pretty heart-shaped face "'in the church square would be enough. "'No, you, or more likely whoever owns you, "'set out to lure men to this secluded place for a purpose. "'It's true that my lady attire of the island "'commanded me to attract a knight into her service,' "'the damsel conceded. "'And, as I doubt a female would satisfy her, "'a knight? Your lady wants one knight. "'Why, then, have all my three brothers "'disappeared into this trap? "'Where are my brothers?' "'Why, how should I know?' "'because you lured those three fools here, "'and you bound them to your service with this.' "'I brandished the hazel wand I'd found in the back of her bodice "'when I pretended to embrace her.
2: "'You!'
4: "'For a moment I thought she would spit fire. "'Then, regaining her self-command, she laughed. "'You've put too much faith in Minstrel's tales "'if you think that twig can bind men-at-arms. "'Really? "'Then why did you keep it hidden in your bodice?' "'You must have gotten there by accident. "'Look, I'll show you how harmless it is.' "'She reached for the wand, but not quickly enough. "'No, you don't. "'I'm not fool enough to give a witch her wand back to use on me.' "'I'm not a witch. "'And you're a thief.' "'The damsel of the Garden of Delights lunged towards the wand, "'but to no avail. "'It's nice to be tall. "'All I had to do was hold it above her head. "'A thief, am I?' "'for taking an old twig that got into your clothes by mistake?' "'Oh, that's droll, Jezebel. "'You're not only a witch, you're a wit. "'Stop calling me that!' "'A wit? "'Certainly. "'It wasn't so terribly witty. "'I'm not a Jezebel. "'I didn't want to kiss those sweaty, smelly, self-conceited knights. "'And I'm not a witch!' "'The damsel made such a lunge for the wand "'that she nearly tore one of her fashionably close-laced sleeves.' "'Not a witch, eh? And this is not a wand. "'So you won't mind if I toss it into that bird's nest high up in the tree?' "'Not a bit.' "'The damsel spoke with such sincere unconcern that I saw through her instantly. "'Ha! You could always climb up and get it afterward, couldn't you? "'Very well. You won't mind a bit if I mar it a little? "'Chew on the end, perhaps?' "'I snapped at it teasingly, like a cat playing at fighting.' "'For answer, she kicked me in the shin. "'The armour I'd managed to scrounge from my brother's leavings "'did not extend to my legs, "'and the damsel's shoes had nasty pointed toes. "'I didn't drop the wand, "'but I did let loose some of the choice language "'I'd learned in my travels. "'That does it,' I said, "'when I was done cursing her and her shoemaker. "'The wand pays for that kick!' "'And I brought my teeth down on it. "'That was not the wisest thing I've ever done.' It was like biting a bolt of lightning. Pain lanced through every fibre of my body. When I could see again, I realised I'd dropped the wand, and the witch was scrambling for it on the ground. Oh, no, you don't! I threw myself on her. Get off me, you great heavy brute! she protested as we grappled. But at last she got the wand in her hand, its tip against my throat. Be still, or I'll— I'll give you such pain, you'll wish you'd been skewered and toasted on the bridge. What does it matter what I do now? You'll treat me as you did my brother.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
4: You have
0: an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
4: I don't want to, the damsel said, but I will if you force me. Back away. Wary of the wand, I disengaged myself from our tangle of arms and legs and gave her some room, but not so much that I couldn't close the distance quickly at need. "'What good is it for me to back away? "'Surely you can bewitch me as well where I am.' "'I won't, if you give me no reason,' the damsel said. "'My lady Atar wants knights, not maidens. "'Leave now, and I'll let you go unharmed. "'Free my brothers, and I'll leave gladly.' "'I can't do that. "'My lady needs them.' "'Whatever for?' I said. Even my father scarcely knows what to do with them. She needs one and twenty knights of proven worth. Bound together by enchantments, they will become an unstoppable force to help her reclaim the inheritance that was denied to her. She has twenty now. I can't take three from their number when we're so close to completion. "'It's hard to imagine my brothers making such a difference in a battle,' I said. "'Between you and me, they're not very great swordsmen.' "'I don't believe you,' said the damsel. "'If they came here, as you say, then they fought the dragon and braved the bridge of blades and flame. Only the flower of chivalry can attain the garden of delights.' "'My brothers, the flower of chivalry?' I snorted. "'I can outfence every one of them.' "'Maybe they didn't come here after all,' said the damsel. "'Maybe they only claimed to be searching for this garden, and went seeking their fortune instead.' "'If they're not here, you can leave with a clear conscience.' "'Privately, I had to consider the possibility. "'Given such a golden chance to get out from under Father's thumb, "'why shouldn't Roland, Raoul, and Berenger "'put as many miles between themselves and home as they could? "'But I had to brazen it out, or I'd never learn the truth. "'Oh, you'd like me to believe that. "'You'd say anything to get rid of me.' The damsel fumed for a few moments in silence. Then, "'Come,' she said, "'see for yourself.' She led me down a pleasant stone-cobbled path from one glorious scene to another, a garden of roses that fill the September air with the heady scent of June, an arbour of grapevines, all bearing fruit, a bed of fragrant herbs, a grove of nut-trees, a broad orchard where every branch drooped with golden-skinned apples. "'Such a marvellous land,' I said. "'Goes on and on, from beauty to beauty, "'from bounty to bounty. "'What inheritance could your lady Attar wish to claim "'that could compare with what she already has? "'Why should she be content with just this island, "'when by rights all low should bow to her? "'All low grief. "'What does she think she is? "'She is the rightful sovereign.' "'Who told you that?' The damsel's blush told me all I needed to know. She did herself, didn't she? Well, doesn't that just figure? All I can say is I never heard of any Queen Atar. Who cares what you've heard of? Who are you? The damsel shot back. Who are you? I countered. Tell me your name and I'll tell you mine. Or don't you have a name, Witch? I'm not a witch. Then give me something else to call you, Witch. "'Isabeau!' she scowled, as if she had lost something, giving that away. "'Why the long-faced damsel Isabeau? "'I can't work spells on your name. "'But I'll even the score. "'My name's Ursula. "'My father's the Lord of Revy, "'a rocky scrap of land at the back end of nowhere. "'When bards stay at our hall, "'he sometimes tells them he was cheated of a much wider inheritance. "'To his face they all agree with him, "'but behind his back they laugh.' "'Well, no one laughs at my Lady Atar, Locked up in this inaccessible island, how would you know if they did?' Isabeau stalked on in silence a while, but her pretty clear-skinned face changed from white to red, and her shapely hands clenched. After a time, bored with the silence, I tried to strike up a conversation. "'What's Lady Atar like? Is she a witch too?' "'I am not a witch!' "'Right, right, and that twig's not a wand. "'I am a learned enchantress, "'educated according to the school of Salamanca. "'I know the spirit law of Solomon, "'the Aeneids of Plotinus, "'the natural history of Pliny, "'the charm law of Africanus, "'the herb law of Hildegard, "'the geometry of Euclid, "'and the algebra of the Arabs.' "'I was a bit impressed. "'Father didn't hold with book learning. "'You must have been at Salamanca all your life "'to have learned so much.' A look of discontent crossed the Enchantress's features. No, I was here all along. My grand, er uh, my lady taught me. She was at Salamanca in her youth. Ah, well, this is a fair enough place to take root in. Take root? Isabeau kicked a stone in the path, as if I were one of those trees. I might as well be one. Did you travel from your homeland all alone? Oh, yes. What was it like? "'Traveling by yourself?' "'It seems almost heartless to say it, with my brothers missing. "'But this has been the best time I've ever had. "'Not that it hasn't been hard, too. "'Sleeping outdoors, eating whatever I could find, "'fighting off the occasional brigand. "'But, oh, the open road! "'The prospect of something new over every rise! "'And this armour! "'Roland's second best! "'How handy it is to put my visor down and be mysterious! "'The knight without a face!' "'People treat me like I'm someone important "'when they can't see it's just Maid Ursula, "'the squire's youngest brat.' "'Her blue eyes assessed me curiously. "'You carry a sword. "'Why didn't you draw it on me when you had my wand? "'Well, really, what do you take me for? "'I wouldn't kill you in cold blood, would I? "'You haven't done me any deadly harm. "'Not that I know of,' I added. "'But rest assured I know how to use that sword.' "'My three brothers needed a fourth as sparring partner, so they taught me. "'Let me ask you a question in return, Isabeau. "'Why didn't you use that wand on me as soon as you got it back?' "'Because you never drew the sword on me,' said the damsel. "'But trust me,' Maid Ursula, "'I know how to use my weapon too.' "'I believe you,' I said. "'How did you come to be the damsel of the garden?' "'My mother was Lady Atar's daughter,' She's your grandmother. Why do you call her Lady Attar, then? When she chose me as her apprentice, my lady said it was better I should see her as mistress than as kin. She did, did she? It was an honour to be so chosen. None of her children inherited her skill, Isabeau said a touch defensively. None of her legitimate grandchildren, either. I outshone them all, legitimate and illegitimate. My lady said I was the only one worthy to inherit her knowledge. Then you must be the heir of all this beauteous land. She looked sour. And are you, then, heir of your own homeland, Ursula? No, damsel, I said. No more than you are. We came at last to the stand of willows near the brook. Isabeau's steps slowed. We're almost there, she said. The knights, they— "'They rest under the shadow of the willows. "'If you don't find your brothers there, "'will you promise me? "'Promise to leave me in peace?' "'My heart sank to my stomach. "'There's something you don't want to show me. "'I promise nothing. "'Show me first. "'Sighing, Isabeau led me across the brook at the ford. "'Under the trailing branches of the willows "'stood an array of extraordinary statues.' Young men of marble, standing or sitting or reclining on the grass, leaning as if to embrace an unseen person. They were most marvellously lifelike. And as my eyes swept the crowd of marble forms, I knew one of them at a glance. "'Berenger!' He stood, leaning slightly forward, looking downward fondly as if into the face of a lover. I ran to him and cast my left arm about him. My right hand drew my sword, and the heat of fury rising through me could almost have melted it. "'Drawing steel?' said Isabel, raising her wand. "'You said you didn't want to kill me?' "'That was when I believed you'd done no great evil.' "'I didn't kill them. I mean, they're not dead.' "'No,' I choked out, "'they're neither alive and free, nor dead and with God. "'They're in some God-forsaken nowhere.' like a little girl's dolls left carelessly under the bed like things it's only until we get the 21st and then what then they go free i suppose little witch i spat at her then they become lady Attar's champions yes instead of standing spellbound they'll march spell-kicked and spell-goaded with no more choice where to go than a farmer gives his wheelbarrow only until my lady has her rightful inheritance which you claim is the whole realm, the realm and all its people in the grip of a woman who thinks it fair to bind young men in living death. How can you lend yourself to this evil? When did I have a choice? Isabeau said. I don't know, but you've surely left Berenger no choice. So now we're foes, are we? Why don't you strike then, swordswoman? Isabeau taunted. "'Afraid I'll strike back?' I smacked her with the flat of the sword. She staggered and pointed the wand at me, chanting, and I braced myself for a bolt of lightning, a burst of flame, some huge, swift, and painful retaliation. That was stupid, a beginner's blunder. I ought to have gone on swinging. Never having faced magic before, I hadn't yet learned that it doesn't always come at once, especially when the magician is young, and distracted by a muddle of emotions.' When it looked to me as though all Isabeau's wand-waving was for naught, I recovered my wits enough to aim another blow at her. That was when the slow-building spell finally broke over me. It was like the rolling pains I had with the vomiting sickness one shrove-tide. It wrung every fibre of my body, from my heart outward. Before I quite knew how it happened, the ground came up and hit me in the back. When I could see anything but dancing sparks, I found Isabeau bending over me, Her brow creased. "'Ursula? Oh, God in heaven! I didn't mean to kill her!' "'I'm not dead,' I rasped out. I coughed, sat up, and nearly lost my breakfast on the grass. She levelled her wand at me, but it wavered a trifle. "'Look, Isabeau,' I said when I'd recovered, "'you weren't trying to kill me. "'I don't want to kill you either. "'Must we be enemies? "'What choice do we have?' "'Of course there's a choice,' I said. "'I can't let them all go,' she said. "'Not till the twenty-first night is bound "'will the perils of the crossing give way to let them pass. "'I could let you go, "'but the bridge of blades and flame only holds one. "'By the time anyone else had a chance to cross, "'my lady would be aware of it. "'Her vengeance would be terrible.' "'I don't understand you,' I said. "'You slave for her, you sin for her. "'She gives you nothing and forgives you nothing. "'Why don't you defy her? "'Is your magic not strong enough?' "'For what? "'To make this unstoppable force of proven knights your own, of course. "'Are you crazy?' Isabeau stared at me. "'Maybe,' I said. "'I fought the dragon. "'I crossed the cursed bridge. "'If my brothers are the flower of knighthood, so am I. "'So go ahead.' "'I sheathed my sword.' "'I'm the twenty-first. Bind me!' It was almost worth the certainty that I was the world's biggest fool to see the look of astonishment on her face. For a moment she hovered, eyes wide as platters, mouth open. Then she smirked. "'Kiss me!' "'Pardon?' "'The spell's on my lips. "'If you trust me. "'If you dare.' "'I didn't trust her. "'Not wholly. "'But what else could I do?' escape alone, leaving my brothers and all those other poor fools in bondage? I bent awkwardly toward her upturned face. "'At least you smell better than the others,' said Isabeau, and kissed me. I tried to open my mouth to return some jest, but my body no longer obeyed my commands. Isabeau chanted, tracing spirals and arabesques in the air with her wand, and I could look at nothing else.' Then all the statues, all the knights, moved stiffly into ranks beside me and behind me, and we marched. The chasm of the bridge of blades and flame was now nothing but an empty gulch. The damsel in the garden hitched up her skirts in one hand and made her way down one side of it with surprising ease, and we soldiers, bound by her will, lumbered afterward. The dragon I had beheaded raised a new head to glare at us, "'but Isabeau tossed a silvery scale into the River of Pain, "'and the beast stretched its neck over the river as a bridge for us. "'We all marched across and stood on the far shore, "'facing Isabeau, our captain. "'Well done, apprentice!' "'The woman who spoke, straight-backed and regal, "'had not been there a moment before. "'Even smaller than Isabeau, "'her arms slender as a child's in her elegant tight-laced sleeves, she none the less gave an impression of compact power, like a cat poised to spring. Under her jeweled headdress and silk veil, her aged face was still beautiful, but her eyes were like sparks from flint, ready to set the world ablaze. Now place them in my hands, child, so I may reclaim my rightful domain. One moment, Grandmother, said Isabeau placidly. All is not yet ready. She spun Widdishins. "'swept the wand with a great flourish, "'and shouted in some outlandish tongue. "'And suddenly twenty knights and I stretched our limbs "'and moved of our own accord. "'Most drew their swords, and then stopped, "'finding no one to attack but an old woman. "'What have you done?' Lady Etar cried. "'I've done all the evil I'm ever going to do at your bidding, grandmother.' "'Isabeau broke the wand over her knee.' I cringed, remembering how it had felt to bite the end. A singed smell confirmed my fears. Isabeau did not cry out, but wrung her scorched hands. Lady Attar surged toward her granddaughter, murder in her eyes, a wand in her hand, and there was Isabeau, all unarmed. Without a better plan, I thrust myself between them. "'Ursula, you fool!' I heard, at the same moment that a world of pain descended on me. Every inch of my skin was on fire. My eyes ached, my ears ached, my stomach threatened to turn itself inside out. This she meant for Isabeau, for her own grandchild, I thought, and forced myself, through it all, to keep hurtling toward the old enchantress, to disarm her or die trying. I landed squarely upon her, and through sheer weight knocked her over like a nine-pin. I heard shrieking, and was astonished to find it came from the enchantress, as if the moment I touched her, she shared all the agony her spell had inflicted on me. I hung on like death, scarcely knowing what went on around me, hoping I'd give Isabel a chance to do something cleverer than I could manage. "'Ursula, get up,' Isabeau said at last. "'Please, let her go.' "'She aimed that spell at you, Isabeau.' "'I know,' Isabeau said. "'But she's still my grandmother. "'Besides, I have her wand now.' Astonished, I lift my anguished body off the old woman's, and found that once I let go of her, the pain ceased. Standing beside me, Isabeau pointed a wand of dark knotted wood at Lady Attar. "'Grandmother,' she said. "'I told you to call me Lady,' the old enchantress said. "'I'm not your apprentice any more. I'm not the bait in your trap. I'm an enchantress in my own right. Will you bind me to your will, then, young adept?' Only if you make it necessary. Go back to your hall, to the grandchildren you care to acknowledge as kin. I'll never be your tool again. She stood over Lady Attar, wand in hand, until the old woman vanished as quietly as she had appeared. Then Isabel turned to the knight. Go now. Go free. Ursula? What are you doing here? My oldest brother, Roland, had caught up with me. "'Rescuing you,' I said. "'Who brought you here?' my second brother, Raoul asked. "'Myself. You were all three imprisoned here. "'What did you expect me to do? Wait for a miracle?' "'Well, at least you won't need to travel home unguarded,' Roland said. "'And Beringer—even Beringer, my favourite—nodded agreement. "'Who said I need a guard? Who even said I'm going home?' "'I hadn't actually thought till then of not returning.' "'but I could feel walls closing around me, "'and I knew I couldn't let myself be trapped again. "'Are you sure you wanted your brothers freed?' "'Isabeau spoke quietly at my elbow. "'I could enchant them again. "'Only if they make it necessary,' "'I said through clenched teeth. "'Roland, Raoul, Beringer, "'I'm glad you're free, "'but I'm not going back with you.' I hadn't actually asked her, and she hadn't actually asked me, but somehow we didn't need to speak of it. I found my steed where I'd left him, munching grass on the bank. I mounted, then pulled Isabeau up behind me, brocaded skirts and all, and we rode off to seek our fortunes."
2: Not all damsels in distress, or knights in shining armour for that matter, are as they appear to be. Pauline has created a fascinating duo here, and we love the way she constantly defies expectations throughout this story. If you want to read more about them, she notes that Ursula returns in the tale Liar's Tournament in Sword and Sorceress 30, and you get a glimpse of Isabeau in Middle Age in the story No Tale for Troubadours, currently available online in Fantasy Scroll Magazine number 7. Please remember that Far-Fetched Fables operates under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Licence, which means you can download the content and share it all you like. But don't change it and don't sell it. And be sure to give credit where credit is due. All other copyright remains that of the authors. Violators will not be rescued by a questing knight. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this or any of our stories, you can leave your comments on the Triple F. And that's all from me for this week. I'm off to go and find a dragon. And maybe share a beverage with it. Bye now.
1: This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction.